Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, before we get going, a few things once again. If you please can subscribe to the podcast if you're enjoying it, uh, that would mean the world to me. And please write a review. Your reviews help so much. Helps me see uh, what's good about the podcast, what's bad about the podcast, anything like that. So please write a review. Those always help as well. All right. Without further ado, my guest today is DJ and producer Hanta. He is a dubstep producer from Los Angeles, California. And he's been on a few uh, bangers with a couple other artists. He's got a new song out right now on Subsidia Records called Body Bag that he did with his boys Decimate, Blank Face, and Shivers. Um, hopefully I said all those names right, so I apologize if I didn't. But without further ado, please welcome the great producer... Hanta. All right. What's up, my dude? How's it going? What's going on, it's my man? Going. We're sitting here with um, DJ and producer Hanta. I said that right again. I don't know why. Every time I say it, even when I was saying it beforehand to you, I felt like I was saying it wrong. <laughs> Everybody thinks I did it after the Pokemon, but like, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> so then how did you come up with the name if it wasn't from the Pokemon? Oh man, I wish I had like this super cool like life changing <laughs> story to give. But the truth is, I was like eleven or twelve, and I have been kind of experimenting with DJing and creating music. And I was like, I don't know what it was. Maybe I just wasn't feeling creative. But I legitimately looked up like how do people get their artist names or like musician names or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I found this one thing that was like, all right, if you take a cool word and get this, you add an A to the end of it, <laughs> and then it makes it sick. <laughs> and uh, and that's that's how I came up with Hanta. So, all right, all right. I mean, yeah, you gotta I mean, come up with the name somehow, so it, it makes sense. <laughs> I think that's that's like a that's actually really funny though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, over time, you know, I've, it's it's grown on me more because I'm definitely, you know, I'm into, you know, I'm into horror and like very normal shit and all that kind of stuff. So it's still fitting. But you could definitely yes. like run with the theme of like Haunta and like really run with that like theme for your visuals and like merch mm -hmm. and shit down the road. Like it could be ghosts, it could be skeletons, like who cares? It could be anything. You can be like a bit. You can, you can eventually have like the biggest Halloween festival. Conta Fest. Oh, and people be like, what? Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, that's right. I own the fest. And I'm the headliner. <laughs> the Haunted Fest, dude. That would be the most lit Halloween event. <laughs> um, so what's been happening with you, man? Uh, you've got a new song out on Subsidia Records. Uh, how was that? How did that... What was the process of working with Subsidia? Like, how did that come about? Were you... Were you reached out by them? Did they, they have like a submission where you submitted something and they were like, oh, we want this. And like, how did that come about? I'm very curious. Yeah, uh, it was it was pretty crazy. Um, I didn't really expect that. Uh, what had happened is that a few months ago, we had our boy Shivers. He was in the, uh, in the U.S. on like a branch of his tour. And uh, we all decided to go to my studio at the time and kind of just sesh out and see what we could do. And uh, we ended up writing this really crazy track that all of us have been just, you know, we blew ourselves away with it. And uh, we had like a really good feeling about it. Um, 
since we wrote it. And then we had a couple opportunities to release it, but we thought we might as well hang on to it and, and really see how far we could push it. So we ended up holding on to it um, for a number of months. And then eventually um, one of the artists on the track, his uh, he had somebody reach out to his management um, from Excision's team. And they said that they were putting on or they had some type of plan to, to work with this track. Like we weren't given any information. We were told nothing about what was about to happen. Really? All this. Yeah. So that's they kept all that they said. shit like under wraps. Like they, they didn't even tell the artists that were submitting music. They didn't music. tell the artists. They didn't tell anybody. It was just like, yeah, we're interested in, in working with this song basically. And, uh, we only really found out about what was happening like a week prior to the release, something like that. Damn. So they like, yeah. I didn't know that. I did not know um, that they kept it like that under wraps about how, how the music was going to be released or what they were going to do with your song. So they really did keep that like a solid secret within a team. And it was like, Oh yeah. Like oh, yeah. just I announced mean, everybody on, you know, Couchlands weekend. And yeah. And with the amount of artists that they had, like if they had told, you know everybody then it was probably going to be really tough to to keep that under wraps yeah because you know like if you would have found out like two and a half months ago like you're going to be on excision's new label subsidia blah blah, blah. you'd been like you would called your friend your best friend and been like yo i'm gonna be on i'm gonna be on excision's label and then I mean, he's gonna be like what and he's gonna be like yo my boy's gonna be on excision's new label and of course there's gonna be people that are like excision doesn't have a label and you're like that's right not yet like it's coming like it's coming <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you know i trust my team like i spoke with my team about it before and like you know i feel like i'm, I'm pretty good at, at uh keeping those things on the down low but yeah i mean with that amount of people it was it was you know i think they handled it in the best way and it was like it was so much more like it was so much more of an intense moment for the whole community just because nobody had any clue what was happening. And like, still, I see this, I see that as like a big milestone mm -hmm. in the entire community. And uh, just to see, you know, Excision and his team pushing the underground more and more and showing this, uh, showing this love and support that like, you know, some bigger artists might be, uh, they might be not as inclined to, to, be associated with the younger acts like that um so what he did for the scene is just you know something that i have the utmost respect for and it's i got only love for those guys so yeah it's, it's been an awesome experience man dude i bet um i mean if it wasn't for that i wouldn't have found you for starters so that's exactly how i found you guys was through subsidia and stuff like that so um it is it is it's an awesome part of the scene it's it definitely is shaking up the scene for sure. I mean, to announce this record label and then release 125 songs on the label out of the blue on a weekend is like mind blowing. I remember sitting there like watching Couchlands and being like, "Wait, is this legit right now? Like, is this is this, is this happening?" And then we're all like, "Cause I was with the in Florida, we were with, we were we actually rented a beach house, me and my rave group, because we were all gonna go to Lost Lands. So we were like, let's do something for it. So we rented a beach house and we rent the beach house and we were watching it. And I remember we all were like. That was like the talk of the night. It was like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Like, did you hear that? Like, you know, everyone's repeating it back and forth with each other. We're texting our friends. Like, did you guys, are you guys watching the, the stream? Like, did you hear all this stuff? And it, yeah, it's definitely like crazy how 
it just shook the scene of like, all right, this is happening. Like dubstep's coming. Like here it comes. And then not only that, like Excision opening up the new record label. Obviously, you know you've got the other record labels that are probably a little nervous right about now, going, oh, what's going to happen with this? You know, now there's another big dog in the mix. And right. And not only that, like it wasn't like, oh, this artist opened up their record label. And we'll just, you know, we'll see. You know, we're not to worry about it. It was like, oh, the biggest artist opened up his record label, and he's already signed people, and he's releasing a shit ton of music right away. And mm-hmm. it just, I, I can't imagine the traction they caught. I'm sure they're very pleased with the results. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. He's, you know, without a doubt, he's the top dog in our scene. You know, he's he's at the tip top, and like. Like you saw too, he he did that crazy promotional thing where he did the giveaway for uh, for Lost Lands tickets, and he got like you know over a hundred artists, thousands and thousands of of new followers and reach, you know, overnight. I remember just sitting there looking at my phone, and it was like every time I refreshed my feed, it was like another like fifty followers coming in, sixty, seventy, and I was just like, you know, I was talking with my friends that had released with them too, and it was just. You know, it's it's it was definitely a a moment I'll never forget, man. It, it was good. It was yeah, good. I can't imagine stuff. sitting there on your phone. And you're, and you're, first off, did you know he was gonna do that? None of us had any clue. It was oh just my like, gosh, that makes it even like, better. At first, we were really confused. We thought that someone had like bought followers for our accounts or something because we were like, it makes no sense. It just doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. Right, right. And then, like, <laughs> I think an hour or two into it. Somebody was like, yo, go check, go check Excision's page. Look what he fucking posted. And, and it's like, he didn't even post it on the Subsidia page. He did it like personally, like on his, on his Excision page. And uh, that's just like, you know, that's real love right there, man. That was, that was uh, still to this day. I'm, I'm still blown away by that happening, dude. And, and I'm, you know, looking forward to working with them more in the future for sure. Yeah. And it's crazy because there's like so many, you don't, think about the impact of like followers but like truthfully like that can do a lot for artists more than even more than almost i'm tempted to say almost more than him just releasing the music on his on his record label like that does a lot Mm -hmm. for artists in general because now you're getting followers and they're gonna go oh i like that one song let me go check out these three other songs that you know now that i follow him i might as well check out these three other songs or four other songs whatever right and you're getting and then not only that, if they like you enough, and they like what you're saying, they're going to retweet you and and share your music and blah, blah, blah. Like, like that almost does more for me. Excuse me, my mic cut out. That almost does more for like the, um, for you guys, for the, for the younger artists than, than just releasing the music on the record label or like even almost going on tour. I mean, not going on tour with them would be crazy, but you know, oh, yeah, obviously we can't do that right now. <laughs> obviously yeah, we, we mean, can't do that right now. So like right now that's the craziest thing you could do. And in my opinion, I think that's the, one of the best things you could do because with that follower base, you can do so much more with that. Like it is so much more, it's like building for the future. It's got those building blocks, like keep going and propel you even farther. It's crazy to me that. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. It's like, you know, on my SoundCloud, especially I felt really grateful because on my SoundCloud, I've been hovering around, you know, coming up on 20,000 for a while now. And I just was like not able to get my, my Instagram like reach on that same type of level, like to get my followers over to that. So it definitely helped out a lot. And, uh, you know, all these, all these small artists I got put on by, they can, they can use that traction to, 
to really help propel them in their career. And that's over a hundred artists that this has happened for. So yeah. I think as soon as this, uh, this pandemic starts to clear up, like everybody's really going to see the repercussions of that. And like, it's, it's going to be incredible for everybody. I definitely want to talk about the pandemic and what we were doing, but I don't want to forget this. So you worked on that song with, um, blank face decimate and, um, Oh gosh. Shivers. shivers. Thank you. Sorry. I totally forgot the last person. Um, how was that putting that song together? Because, you know, I've always, you always hear about back to backs or two artists working together. Like, but how was it all four of you? Were you all actually together, like working on it at the same time? Or were you each sending each other different samples? Like how did that, how did that process work? Oh man, we, uh, we got over to my studio and we, we, all four of us were there and busted it out in two two sessions i think two sessions of like four or five hours and everybody was kind of swapping off you know like when we'd get to a place that uh another person thought they might be able to come in and do something there we just swap out for another half an hour and it came together really just like like naturally and and uh you know especially like shivers he's an amazing uh vocalist i guess you'd call it amazing dj but also an amazing vocalist like uh so he really came through and, and gave us that little bit of extra sauce that we needed i think for that record and then uh blank face and decimate um uh, my label members we uh we've known each other for years and years and, and we've wrote together uh, a bunch of times so i think uh, our workflow has kind of gotten to the point where we kind of just know each other and how mm -hmm. all our work goes together so it came off like came off the dome real quick it was it was it was just like it was meant to be man <laughs> i mean that song is hype for starters uh it goes hard it goes it goes if you guys haven't heard it please go check out body bag right now the thing is hype uh i'll make sure to put a link in the description stuff but uh dude that song's hype for sure it is like a because like i was curious how that works with four artists i'm like how do i wonder how that chemistry of like just just being there together working on this song or you know again at the time i didn't know how you did it but now that i know like being there together that chemistry of just like you hopping on throwing some shit mm -hmm. on and then like okay okay i got something i can go good with that and then they just like hop on for 30 minutes and work on it and then you hear it and you're like oh shit and like the third yeah. guy's like i got something else to add on that and just pile it on like is that kind of like how it was going just the flow dude it was like like one of us would go out to smoke a cigarette like i'd go out to smoke i'd come back and Smoking i'd be like Holy fuck, what did you guys do like <laughs> And then, like, somebody else would leave, and they'd come back, and it was just, like, it was just hours of, like, oh, my God, like, this is happening right now. Because I think it was definitely, like, a good switch up from uh, a lot of our styles. Like, Blank Face especially does a lot more, like, uh, like rhythm, like, um, just more, like, vibey kind of stuff. And then Decimate has his own style. I got mine. And when we came together, we kind of, like, we kind of came up with this whole new style that was, like, so um such a mix of all three of us that it, it really sounds like like all of us really came together and that's what i like about it because sometimes collabs you know i don't really like doing them on the internet or like sending stems just because you can't get that same type of like vibe out of it yeah um it's hard so, to get that person to person interaction like that right. you want you're, you're both you're both there you're vibing you're laughing you're you're mm. you're going hey try this you know you're you're communicating better like everything in person is just so much better like now like, yeah. it just is like this yeah. would be better in person you know i mean if we gotta do what we gotta do with zoom and covid <laughs> and all that so it makes sense to do it like this but like it is it would be so much better to have people sit down in front of me 
you know, cross to the table next to each other and just be like, yo, like, what's going on? You know, and stuff like that. I totally agree. Same thing with, like, in general, like, with with serious conversations, talking to people, like, like when you text, text about serious conversations, like, things just get so lost in translation. Oh, my God. Like, it's dude. like how, again, with anything, it's like, you just, it's just talk, like, talk on the phone about it. FaceTime Dude. about it. like that. Yeah, that's so much better than like texting or or typing on Twitter about it. Like everything is just so misinterpreted uh, when you text and, and type it out. You know, that's what I'm saying, dude. I used to be like that when I was younger. Like I'd be fine with having these, you know, novel conversations yeah. where it's just like typing and typing and typing. And now I'm just at the point where I'm like, if my friend sends me a long text or if anybody does, I'm like I'll just say call. call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the exact yeah. same way. I'm almost to the point now where like I want to text people when I text when I'm texting somebody. If I'm texting a significant other, if I'm texting friends, like it's very quick and to the point. And if it's longer than that, I just call them immediately. Like I'm like, hey, what's going on? Like let's just figure it out right now. Like I'm I'm, I'm like or if I'm I if I'm like driving, I'll just call. I just won't even I'll look at the te- yeah. I won't even look at the text. I'll just quickly call and I'm like, I'm driving. What do you want? Like I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to text and drive. And, and then even just like, cause like being being a younger generation and stuff, I did I did kind of grow up on like computers and like oh, yeah. instant messaging and all that shit. So like I'm still kind of like, in a sense, like maturing with it. Cause like I am pretty short when I text, but sometimes like my friends will be so short when they text. I'm like, yo, bro, like y'all good like we got beef we got a squash or what but it's just like nobody likes to fucking text like that you know exactly yeah and then that's the thing is like we all have this we all grew up with it we have this like interpretation of like when people are short you're like oh fuck they're mad like they're yeah mad. it's like they said okay but it's just like it's not okay a y it's just okay and you're like yo bro what the hell yeah, what's man? going on is everything okay and they're like yeah, i just said okay bro like they call me like yeah bro it's okay and you're like oh okay it's okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> so, I, i'm almost to the point where like when I'm talking to somebody, you know, I'm I, I could talk to them all day. Absolutely, I could text them all day. But I'm almost where I'm like, I I'd rather us just like text here and there. Okay, I'm busy. I work and I do this. You know, I work to do work and do the podcast. Like I'll text you, but like I'd rather just call. Like I'll call you at the end of the day. We can have a nice long talk about the day. You know how it went, and then go into what whatever else we talk about. Because it's like the texting. It's like it's it's great. It's a filler, but it's not. It's just not the same. It's not the same. And I used to not. I used to not be that way. I used to be okay with text. Like you're saying, you used to be able to text those long paragraphs, novel. novel. Now I'm like, forget about it. I don't want nothing to do with it. Yeah, especially now that like my days have been so busy recently. It's like, it's like when we're doing that whole novel thing. Like I don't know. It's like it takes like 15 minutes out of my day to do that. Yeah. and, um, and as I've gotten away from it, I find it harder for me to be present somewhere and text at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't. I'm like, with the boys and I'm like, oh man, sorry. Like I got yeah, what, what did you say? Or oh yeah, or I'm typing and they're talking to me and I'm like, uh huh. Wait, what? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and I don't mean to do that. And I'm like, you know what? I can't. I gotta put the phone down to say like, hey, I'm like. And and luckily with the people I talk to, they're pretty good. Like if I'm out with people I'm, that I want to spend time with, I can just say, "Hey, I'm out with so and so." I will talk to you when I'm not with them, right? You know, right. or I'll text you when I can. And they're pretty good about it. And I'm and I'm that way. I'm like, go have fun, do your thing, like be present, don't oh, yeah, yeah. like enjoy it, like because one day 
you might be on your deathbed and you don't want to think about the time you were texting on your phone at the club. You want to think about how you were having fun with your homies at the club or yeah, something, you yeah. know? Without a doubt, dude. And that's like something I've been like working on more recently is I used to be just like so involved in social media, just constantly talking on there and, and interacting on there. And like, you know, honestly, I think we're so early into that being a thing for everybody that uh, we still have like a lot to learn about it as just, you know, as, as a whole. Um, and like, I've really been trying to learn to like connect more with, uh, with just like life in general and not be so like caught up in what's going on on the timeline today, you know? Yeah. I um, think like you're saying social media is, you know, we grew up with it, but yet at the same time, it's so very new and very new to the, the world in general. And it's in this like developing stage and this infant stage and we're seeing it play out and these people argue constantly online <laughs> and mm-hmm. and calling each other out and exposing one another and we're all just like, you know, some people are like all about it and most of us are like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and we're just yeah. watching it play out and it's growing as we're growing and we're, you know, like I'm with you. I'm pretty optimistic. Like I'm hoping it changes. I hope it doesn't stay like that forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have like a interesting take on it as well as I think like at first I thought like oh social media is bad like it's causing all these things but then like you start to like learn about the algorithms and how they work and what they're showing you you start to realize like oh I technically like control what I'm seeing mm-hmm. so if you know I want to see people argue and I'm liking that and I'm retweeting people arguing like it's going to start showing me more tweets related to that or related to those people or whatever and it could you know I don't know a good example is like for instance like if you follow like a positivity page you know let's let's flip it around if you if you follow something that's great and it's every day it's a positive motivational quote and you mm-hmm. like it and you retweet it you're going to start seeing it more on your feed because the algorithm's like oh he likes this he like he wants we want him to be engaged we want him to keep right. coming back so it's like you are literally controlling what you see mm-hmm. and so i've started to like take that into consideration with social media and I try to put more stuff that I want that's encouraging, you know, that's encouraging and that I like versus like stuff that's distracting and stuff that's bad for me or yeah. not good for my mind. And I'm starting to try to slowly change my little algorithm so it's showing me more and more cool stuff. And I'm like, right. oh, you know, I don't mind coming on here. I feel better. Like, you know, it'll, I don't feel down and depressed during my days anymore. <laughs> when I'm scrolling <laughs> through the phone. I feel pretty happy. So. Yeah, I totally get you on that. I've been following all these like motivational quotes and just like art pages and just things that like I'm interested in. Because in the past, like I was doing that. And then once I started really doing stuff with my music, I got so involved in that that I was like, that's like all I would see all day, every day. Music? Know? Music, mm-hmm. music, music, dubstep, you know, drama, yeah. bullshit. <laughs> And, <laughs> and it's like don't get me wrong i'm entertained i'm entertained by yeah. the drama you know but like i'm not i'm not the type to like get invested in that type of stuff you know i, I live a more like like quiet and like like neutral life um and it's like that's that's been like that's been definitely like a little bit of a struggle with me because initially i got into this just because I had this, you know, this passion for the music, this love for the music, mm-hmm. for expression, for, for you know, touching people's lives with these pieces of art that I make. 
Um, and eventually when I had to get uh, a little more strapped down with like the business side to it and branding and the marketing and, and being so invested online, you know, it was just taking so much out of my day, so much out of my energy because I, I was like living in this little like black screen yeah. that, uh, it, it really made me, uh, it, it was just a sign for me that I needed to take a step back and really get in touch with the reason why I started doing this. And, uh, I try to like live my life by that now too. Um, but it's, it's, it's definitely a struggle because in this day and age, you know, especially in my scene, when I was starting out, it was so underground, like so underground. You had to be on SoundCloud. You had to just be like, you know, seeking out these new artists. The shows were always super small, 100 to 200 people. And there weren't many people doing it. But now that it's become this kind of like cultural phenomenon and uh, the genre has really exploded into the position that it is today, it's like, so much more it's it's really getting to a point where it's saturated and there's so many people out there trying to do it so many different backstories you know and uh you know i'm all for it but it's just it's just a totally different climate from uh from what i'd be going with you know what i mean yeah now when you're saying it's exploded you're talking about like dubstep and rhythm as a whole or you're talking edm in general as a whole um edm has come a far away but, I mean, it definitely has, but I almost feel like, and this is just me, and you can, I want to hear your opinion as well, but like, I think dubstep itself has like, just, it seems like in the last, gosh, I, I feel like two and a half years, maybe, that it's yeah. just like exploded. Like, it's just like, it's, like everyone's into dubstep, and at least here in the States, you know, it's just like, it's just the thing now. Like, it's just that. Yeah, dude. Like, it's all like, the big artists are doing it. Even the artists that weren't really doing dubstep throw it in their sets now it's like what is going on like like mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. i have i mean i like it i like dubstep so i don't have any complaints but it's like it to me it's been very apparent that like dubstep is like it right now in the oh, scene yeah. and i do agree oh, with yeah. what you're saying how like it has become um very saturated uh it's very hard i feel like now a way for people to get their own distinctive sound involved and in touch into the scene because so many people are Oh, I do dubstep, a dubstep producer, I do rhythm, and then you hear them play, and you're like, yeah, that sounds pretty similar. And then there's a few that stand out, like, like I can think, like, Subtronics was, like, one of the ones that, like, just shot up out of nowhere. And he's got that unique, like, just doing double drops and all this crazy yeah. shit, and you're like, where the fuck did that come from? And, like, it's 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 just, it has, it's, it's just blown up, like, bigger than yeah, I think. Yeah, dude, like, 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 I've been in the scene since, like, the end of 2011, 2012, and, like, you know, people like Subtronics and sudden death like subtronics i used to just be on random skype calls with him back in the day when you know neither of us were really doing anything and nope. like no no sudden, and and like what? sudden death like when sudden death moved to southern california like i remember we would always hang out at like al ross's garage or like sudden death's like apartment and like back then it was like he had just moved out here he had like a thousand or two thousand followers on soundcloud and like was just getting his thing going trying to get people to hear his music and i'm like i'm so proud of him just because i got to see him grow from the ground up and like back then it was a point where you know if you got ten thousand plays on a song like you were you were up there you know you were mm-hmm. doing good for our scene and now it's like 
you know, people like like Sudden Death or Subtronic so casually just get, you know, a few million plays on their stuff. So it's 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 a lot different. And like I think that's the thing that, that makes me happiest with this is just being able to call these people my friends and, and to grow with them over time and see all of us really like in in a sense we've we've kind of pioneered the movement together and uh it's it's been you know incredible to see how far it's come and and you know people may t- from time to time say oh dubstep's dying dubstep's this dubstep's that but you know you really look at the numbers you really look at, at the years it's like it's only going up so i think we're just getting started with this honestly i i wholeheartedly, I wholeheartedly agree with that like i said I, I i think it's just exploded as of recently and I mean, look at, you know, obviously Excision's huge and we did, we we're talking about him earlier, but like, look at his festivals. I mean, his festivals are massive. Like they're oh huge. God, I don't know if you've been to either of them. I, I'm a big Lost Lands advocate. I absolutely love it. I love everything about it. And it's, it's just massive. It's gotten bigger every year. Somehow it's gotten bigger and better every year. And it's just straight dubstep. There's nothing else to do it. It's just straight like, mm-hmm. and it's just, yeah, it's just, I don't, I don't think it's going away anytime soon as well. Um, yeah. It's just crazy. I haven't been to Lost Lands yet, but have yeah. you been to Base Canyon Station too, man? Like, not even Base Canyon, dude. I haven't really like traveled on my own time to go to to many festivals. Uh, I went to EDC last year, but Vegas. Yeah, EDC Vegas. Could have ran yeah. into each other. I was there. Oh man, <laughs> probably did. We didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, straight up. All that was up. that was surreal, dude. Because like the last time I tried to go was back in like 2014 or 2015, and. Uh, I think this was the year that it was either Borgor or Getter was playing, but one of them hit me up and said uh, that they wanted me to come out with them and and go to EDC and do some like fun shit in the desert before. And like, <laughs> I remember we, we went out there and like we're all like shooting cars in the desert and like freaking riding around side by sides and all this crazy stuff. And like, we went to go pull up to the show afterward, and because I was only like. I was like 14 or 15 at the time. I could not get in. So like to this day, like I was just like, my God, I need redemption. And like last year was just like, dude, to, to experience a festival like that. Cause I think the first like real festival I went to wasn't too long ago. I think it was uh, like Rolling Loud last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have that experience, it's like, I don't know, man. It was definitely a long time coming for me. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 an indescribable first fest. Like when you go to EDC Las Vegas, pretty indescribable to people. Like it's like I remember mm-hmm. coming back and my friends that didn't go with me, um, you were like, you know, how was it? Tell us all about it, blah blah. blah. And I remember being like, I don't even know how to describe how crazy like everything was. Like just the whole Dude. production is just insane. The farthest I would ever get into it, I was I would just be like. I would just be like, man, the view that you see when you walk in from those bleachers and just like see the entire festival is just like the most insane moment. And that was like all I could say because it was just like a blur of just like, you know, dude, an epic and, and weekend. The, it's so true. And that, what's funny about that is like that's the only thing in my opinion that people that don't go can relate to because like that one video got super famous of like mm-hmm. coming out of the tunnel 
and like seeing everything yeah. and the firework is going in the background like that yeah. made that put like everyone was like i gotta go and so like <laughs> that's the only thing that people that don't go can relate to like i swear that's it like they like mm-hmm. they're like oh yeah I, I know what you're talking about and you're like you don't like <laughs> <laughs> like i know you do but you really don't because like yeah, i can't dude. even describe like yes you've seen the layout you like oh it's cool all the lights then like you're in it and you're like oh my god i'm in it now like there's, there's just shit everywhere it's just yeah, crazy dude. and then i feel like last year was like for me particularly was like the perfect year to go because there were so many sets there that was just like it was probably one of the best years for dubstep there so far like especially with that i think it was like it was like scream and and rusco or something it was like this throwback set that was that was just insane seeing as like they were some of the first artists to, to ever really introduce me to the genre um like way back back with like fabric live uh i don't know if you remember that but yeah it's it was like it was just Something I'll never forget, man. It was it was a great time. It was, just, it was there was a lot of dubs up that year. And, you know, like, you had Excision playing main stage. We saw oh, who else did we see? The dubs up was Sudden Death. Um, Slander was particularly heavy that that at that Vegas. So I don't know if you went to them. Um, I don't think so. They, I just remember I them throwing so. down. Like their that their their uh, their EDC Las Vegas set was by far one of my favorite sets of the weekend i mean like i was i remember being like i listened to it now at the gym because i'm like this thing's fucking nuts like the first like 30 40 minutes is just like just they're just pumping out dubstep you're like what the fuck is who are these two guys (laughs) like they've always gone kind of hard but like i just remember that one was like particularly like over the top like whoa okay there's (laughs) some some heavy stuff coming out right now yeah dude honestly i just remember free open bar back in the backstage area and just getting trashed and roaming stages so how did you go how did you get backstage like who who are you with that we got to go backstage if you don't mind me asking uh i had had a few friends performing i don't remember who it was that guessed this to me it might have been might have been sudden death but i don't really remember that's crazy that's that's definitely better than my experience so i'm a little jealous now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was wild dude like open bars free massages free food free massages free massages tell free me more <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude yeah it was uh it was it was it was a hell of a time man i definitely need to go backstage now next time <laughs> i want a free massage yeah dude just go bang your head for a while then go back and get a mixed drink and a little massage and you're ready to go for round two (laughs) that's crazy oh my god um so you mentioned like a little briefly about people that got you into the dubstep scene so i'm a little curious who was it you mentioned rusco and if that is who it is but who was the original dj that got you into edm in general and dubstep so i think the first like the first edm song that i really like heard and paid attention to and like took it for what it was was this nero song um way back way back um it was this nero track and then i remember from nero i think i found like skrillex this was like right before the whole like scary monsters thing Mm -hmm. um 
And then after that, I started to dive a little bit deeper and I found like excision and downlink and all that stuff. And that was when I really started to like fall in love with it. Um, but like, I think the sound that, that kept me around and, and kept me like coming back to it, uh, was that like more like vibey stuff. So like, like Rusko, Caspa, um, like the old monster stuff. If you remember that monsters was like, uh, probably like a huge inspiration for me back in the day. That's crazy. Okay. When you say vibey stuff, I always think of like, I, I, I was not here to name, I always think of like melodic stuff for some reason. But the name, when I hear vibey, I'm like, oh, like, like I'm just chilling. It's like, just go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so like, like today, we still have rhythm mm-hmm. and it's called the same thing. But the vibey stuff I'm talking about is probably like what we'd call like the original rhythm sound. Okay. And really like the monsters, uh, the monsters crew were the ones that uh, pretty much like coined that sound in that term. And it was like, it was melodic in a way, but it was more so like you'd have these dubstep basses going that were like chill. And then you'd have like layered under it, like, like saxophones or like just like natural instruments that would like mm-hmm. kind of, flow with it and it would almost be like it almost be like like beats or just like like instrumental type feelings um and i think that's that's why i fell in love with that because my background is in like hip-hop and like r&b and rap and all that stuff so it kind of like fell hand in hand with what i grew up on but also was like this new and fresh take on that stuff so I think that's what made me like gravitate toward that the most. Did you so did you play any instruments growing up then? Like any actual like actual instruments? No, no. I actually have uh practically no musical background. Um the closest thing I have to it is like my dad uh was like a house party DJ back in, in London in like the eighties. Um but really like i had no experience with with music or anything um growing up and i tried to take like piano or guitar lessons a few times but didn't really stick with it um and then but i don't know what it was but kind of just like music just came naturally to me like i kind of had like this ear for like melody and composition and stuff that was just like i just felt like blessed with it or something and um you know when i was younger i'd be like writing all these melodies in my tracks but i I had no idea what i was doing i just knew that it it sounded correct and uh i think i don't know what it was but just something about i've always loved being like creative and having an outlet to express myself like that and uh the earliest i started like my parents always bring this up to me. I, I tried to make like a like a rap mixtape back when I was in like like third grade or fourth grade or something, and that was like the start of it. Um, and I just I would like revisit it every couple years, but around when I turned, I think I turned like eleven or twelve. I uh, when I first started hearing EDM. 
uh, I've always just been like a really like curious person and I like love to learn new things and, and uh, you know, have new hobbies and stuff. And when I found out about EDM and just like how far you could push the envelope and how much you could do with it, mm-hmm. I was like, I really want to learn more about this. And uh, here I am almost like nine years later, still doing it. <laughs> Still kicking away. So how did then then so you just you just heard it, you heard EDM and you were like, I kinda wanna dabble in this a little bit more. That's just basically how it went. You were just like, oh, I wanna like how did you make that jump and like, all right, I'm gonna start producing some music and here and there and, and like how did that come about? So I remember uh when I was first getting into EDM, I was like listening to it all the time when I found it. And I'd find I found like DJ Blend way back in the day. If you remember who that is, <laughs> it was this the guy that wore like this Chucky mask, and he would like <laughs> film mixes in his room that with like a strobe light going of just like old house music <laughs> and stuff. Um, and I was just like, damn, like how the hell are these like sounds happening right now? And I remember like. I bought a turntable initially, like I bought a, a DJ controller and I thought that I'd be able to like make stuff with it and like make music like that. So I would like, I got it and I was like, I would start spinning tracks and making my own little mixes here and there. And so I was like, how do I do this myself? And you know, it was definitely a rough start just because I was so young. And there were, back then, there weren't, like, any resources out there. It's like, nowadays, if you want to start making dubstep or just, you know, EDM in general, you just go to YouTube, pull it up. There's hundreds of thousands of videos just telling you right. exactly what you need, exactly what you could be doing, you know. <laughs> There's templates for songs. There's all this stuff out there. Back then, it was just, like, there were like two people on the internet that were like really posting and like giving information on this since it was like such a new thing, you know? Um, so it was just a lot of experimentation and I really had no clue where it was going. Um, I hadn't even been to like a proper show or anything like that at the time. Yeah. So that but, leads me kind of in like what I was wanting to talk about too is like you, I saw in your bio and stuff that you mentioned that you were self-taught Um that to me stood out as like, okay, that's cool. I got to like learn a little bit more about this. And like you're saying, like back when you started, there was no YouTube or there was very little YouTube stuff on it. And so like, how was that process of you literally not knowing anything about, you know, making EDM music to just sitting down and just, what did you just grind out on it? Like, how did that go about? And like, what was that process for you? Um, so for me, and this is like, I get asked that question a lot. Like, how did I gain my traction? How did I, you know, see any success with it? How did I get better at writing music? And the number one answer I have to give to everybody is just um, consistency and dedication. And really, uh, the reason I was able to propel myself like that is just because I've always had like a hard working mentality. I've always uh, approached things in a way where I, I, I like to be efficient. I like to give all my can all I, all that I can towards things. So um, it really just takes time 
and effort and uh, you have to really discipline yourself into, into doing that. So I spent at least like with my resources back then, since there wasn't a lot, I, I spent at least like a year or two just learning and writing every day and learning more and more. And it took at least like a year or two before I had something that I was like, Oh, this is actually dope. Like <laughs> I would listen to this, you know? Right, right, right. Um, it's, it's, and go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say still to this day, you know, I'm learning more and more every day. So it's a never ending, a never ending climb, but it's a, it's a fun one though. Yeah. I like how you just ended that with saying that it, it, it I think that is something that people misunderstand. It's like when you get somewhere, they always think like, oh, you know everything about it. And it's like truth told, like, I don't know anything. I'm still learning new things every day. And, and it's crazy how like you're saying that, you know, what, nine years down the road, like you could learn something tomorrow and be like, holy crap, like I'm going to start applying that. Or, oh, my God, I just thought of this new way to make this beat and blah, blah, blah. And then you could right. throw that. Like it, it, it is crazy. It's never changing. And especially with like we were saying how the scene has just exploded it's like now more than ever, you kind of have to have that ability to learn new things because you might learn mm-hmm. something that can make you stand out and then propel you to the top or what you know wherever you want to be within the scene. It's yeah, it's it's important for people to learn that. Like it's just it's a never ending. It's always it's a never learning. ending thing, dude. And mm-hmm. like it's it's a lot for any single person to take on because you need to be flexible enough to constantly you know have your your ears out for what's fresh, what's new, while sticking true to a sound that you have and having this this drive to learn more and more every day. You know, it's like I'm just the type of person where I love to constantly feel like progression in my life and progression in the things that I'm doing. And uh, personally, you know, I, I wouldn't be fine working like a factory job or something where I'm doing the same thing every day, every day. It's like I like to i like to keep myself stimulated and and uh that's the best part about it to me is that it's it's just forever changing and and we get to be out here at the forefront of these of these movements and and uh, you know the return from it all to me is just an added bonus you know like making money or any of that is just an added bonus to me you know yeah it's um it's important that you say that you know just the progression of things and and not getting satisfied with being stagnant. I just like hit my desk and the mic cut out. I don't even know what happened. But, um, being like you don't want to be stagnant in what you're doing. You want to continuously keep pushing and keep grinding. And and because once you get stagnant, you get like you can get comfortable, and then like you sh- things just just start can start falling through the cracks, or like you know some p- other people are passing you. Like it's weird how that can happen to people. And they don't realize it, mm-hmm. and it, it is it's it's hard to catch too because it is easy at times to just be like, oh, I'm happy where I'm at, and which is great, nothing wrong with that. But then you could get like too laid back and too comfortable with it, and next thing you know, you're like, just like you're like left behind in the dust. The next thing's new, and you're old news, and you're like, holy shit, like it's it, it's crazy, and especially nowadays how the world works with that, like just the yeah. fact that it's like people they're putting yeah. out, you know companies are putting out more and more new products every year artists are releasing more and more songs new year it's like oh this mm-hmm. was a banger last year well guess what it's not two months later it's like what the fuck is going on it's crazy yeah i totally get you on that like you just have to be willing to keep up and up and up and like i'm i was blessed enough to be able to have multiple releases 
years ago that like I'll still go to the club now and still hear it played. So I was I was blessed enough to have tracks like that, and I have taken I've taken a little bit of time off the scene just because I've I've done it for so many years. I and saw, but I'm, that was going to be one of my questions. I'm going to ask. <laughs> Well, what's your question? And I was just seeing. I just noticed that there was like a break in between your last release to your newest subsidia one, and then like you know, what have you been doing in that time? Have you been like preparing for some big stuff? Were you just writing for other like other artists and doing other music stuff? Like, well, what you know, what's going on? Like, what's going on during that time? Well, so at like at the peak of like my momentum where I was doing the most and putting out the most music and the most active on social media. Um, that was around when I was like, I was, I was younger. I was, I was still a teenager, young teenager, uh, didn't have many responsibilities, hadn't been kind of hit in the face with life yet. Um, but now that I'm kind of transitioning into like my adulthood and I'm having to really like, uh, look out for myself and have my own apartment and and uh, have bills and all that stuff it's just been a I've just needed a little bit of time to to learn to balance things more yes um, and that balance is just so crucial you know you need to you need to take care of, of your responsibilities your mental health your physical health everything and you know for a while i was i was so lost in this music in this industry and in this growth that it, it it was taken away from like other parts of my life so I, I decided just to take a step back so i can uh mature a little bit and and kind of make myself a more uh well-rounded person as a whole bro and, uh, sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but you're just yeah, you're no, just no, preaching no. like very good stuff there in a the sense of like it, people don't realize that. I mean, I didn't realize that when I when I graduated college, um, I, I started this and right, I started this right before I graduated. So I had this going, and then I got a job, and like same thing. Like I had to hit with all this stuff at once, and like all these responsibilities, and I was like going crazy over this stuff that I was doing, and I was mm-hmm. just doing it all day, and blah blah blah, and like like you're saying, like things just got out of whack, and um, mm-hmm. I had a period of myself for like it was just like what. Like I'm like things are going, but like what like really what's what is going like <laughs> you know like things, yeah, things are moving, but like I feel like it's not like there's something off, and yeah, dude. And, and part of that is that like like you're saying that balance is it's so key, and it's mm-hmm. you don't realize it until you get off balanced. It's it's kind of like a yeah. it, it it's um what's the term you know it's like a yin and yang type of thing I guess. Where like you just, it is like a yin and yang. Yeah, it it, it, or, and, and, and it, like, go ahead. Sorry, I'm sorry. Of, I'm trying to think of the words myself. Just to like, just to like, you know, because on one hand, it does take that type of work. It does take this immense grind, yeah. and it it's really gonna propel you so much further than uh, you know, if you just do a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. But it does take sacrifices in your life, and you know, yes. just just to be blunt, like from my personal experience to just, you know, wake up one day and just be like, wow, like, you know, my relationship with my family or like my friends, it's, it's not where I want it to be. You know, it's, yeah. I don't feel like I feel like I'm doing amazing in this in this aspect of my life. I've never 
done better at anything. Mm-hmm. But when I see, you know, this this distance in my like my physical life, it was just uh, a big wake up call. You know, I, I've been kind of I've been kind of like not appreciating uh, the relationships in my life as much as I should have been. Yeah, and uh, that happened to a lot of people, and it's it's really a lot of the times it is a sacrifice you have to make, you know, because it's like, what do I do on Friday night? Do I do I go out and have a good time with my buddies or do I stay home and work for something that I want, you know? Yeah, and, and it's, it's a tough, tough decision. decision. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and, dude. And, and you can get – and what's crazy about that being a tough decision is that you can go – people can go sideways one way or the other too far. It's like, you know, you don't think like either one's a bad option, but like you could go out every day and then you're just, you're wasting your precious time or vice versa. You can work your ass off every day and you're getting to this goal and it's great, but then you lose all the other shit and, and it can go haywire that way and you can live with regret in that sense. And it's like, again, we go back to that balance we were just talking about. I know me personally, I was working coming home doing the podcast off days doing the podcast or like some type of social media thing and um it did help me get like decent growth like right at the beginning and not that i'm huge or anything i'm not but like good enough from starting at zero right and i was like okay this is great but then i noticed like everything else was just like like we're saying just falling like falling away and and i started to feel like I wasn't there with my friends that much anymore. I'm starting to miss out on a lot of stuff. I'm not even talking to them as much. Uh, issues with relationships, parents. Like it was just like, all right, you know. And I took a little break. I like I just had to. And then when I took that break, I had to like reassess what I want and how I want to do it and what I want. And um, yeah, I've come to that term with balance. And 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 everyone's got their own balance. That's the like a very important takeaway i don't want to give everyone like you have to do it my way and blah blah blah. like no there's a balance to yourself and you have to figure that out and when you do like things can still move and go well and you can still have a little bit of everything you want but you have to oh, yeah. you have to literally like you have to take that time to have in, with yourself to find that balance that works for you for example like me right. i was doing it every i was just doing stuff all the time and barely spending time with anybody and so I was like, I can't, I can't do that anymore. Like, I'm, I'm not happy. I, I'm happy, but I'm also like not. <laughs> and I started doing it where it was like, I'm doing this. Yeah. You know, I'm working full time and doing this podcast and whatever else with it, like four days a week. But I'm doing it all day, every day of the four days a week. Like, it's just that it, it's just that I'm in the zone for four days. And then I take Friday, Saturday, and all occasionally right. I take a Sunday off. And like, but I'm Monday through Monday through Thursday. I'm like in the zone, and that's it. That's it. I'm go to work. I work out. I come do this. I eat dinner. I go to bed. (laughs) And then Monday through you know Friday through Friday Saturday, might go hang with the guys. Might get a beer. Might just chill. But I get those two days of like a week where I'm like, okay, I'm just enjoying it, and I can go back and just grind and not have to worry about it. And everyone's got their own again. Dude, that was a huge thing. thing too. It's like when you have these things going for you and when it's not just, you know, you need to be here at a certain time doing certain things. It's like that was one big thing I had to learn too is to take. You know, it's like 
there's a reason why we have the average, you know, like work schedule during the week, you know? So mm-hmm. just, just to be able to have a little bit more structure, it's, it's really helpful. And then on top of that, I've, uh, you know, I've started really taking care of my health a little bit more. Yeah. And yep. th- that's the major improvement too. I mean, at the end of the day though, I really think maybe we should just all petition to like, change uh average day to have like 30 hours or so in it because that probably help a lot (laughs) (laughs) i don't disagree with that because once you work i tell that to all my friends i got i graduated a little bit early uh for college and i always tell my friends that were below me i'm like not below me but graduating after me and and i'm like yeah this uh wait till you get to the 40 hour work week we're gonna be like this fucking sucks (laughs) this is so shitty but I think the internet's changing that slowly but surely. I I just do. I think it's opening up a lot more free jobs and and mm-hmm. and um, what's the word like contractor work almost like you can pick up a job and do it at your leisure. I think that's going to be the future. I think it's slowly moving that way, and it's oh, going to yeah. slowly happen more and more. Where you can just yeah, you know, I want to work today. Okay, you look on the your phone and okay, there's five jobs that I am available to do. And I'll put a bit in for this one. Oh, the person chose me. I'll do it. And like you can just kind of do it right. eventually with, with anything, you know, accounting, photography, which is like kind of something that already does that. But like, mm-hmm. I think I think it'll go that way with the internet. I think the internet will open up a lot more freedom for people, job wise, oh, yeah. in this sense. Without a doubt, too. Without a doubt. And like, right now, outside of my whole music thing, uh, I I work doing like IT work and, and mm-hmm. computer stuff and programming all that type of stuff and the reason i got into that is just because one like i kind of grew up on computers just because of how our generation was it's like we're born with the screen in front of our face we're real (laughs) but at the same time it's like our whole society is just so like moved toward that that i feel like we're right on the brink of just like complete change and like how everything works in a sense so it's it's like a prime time to be doing stuff like this right now because it's a lot more flexible than how it was in the past, you know. And now now we're getting to a point where you can, you know, be full-time doing a hobby or a passion or, or creating something and, and, like, call it, like, a real job, you know Yeah, I, mean? I agree. I think it's just now starting. And there's some people that have figured it out before us, some people are figuring it out right now. I think – in the near future it'll eventually be like everybody's doing that but i think like you're saying like right now it's it's already happening and it's not everybody but there are people that do i know people that do like marketing they do they just freelance marketing all day long they just pick up a job when they want for a company then they they're doing online marketing you know Mm e-marketing um yeah all that stuff monetization everything yeah there's terminology it just just escaped my mind what it was um, they do all there's, there's a ton of things out there like like even the whole a lot of it's like scams though and they try to get like a bunch of these innocent people involved That's like drop shipping and yeah. and like amazon fba all this bs and like it's like like with anything new once once people once these new things come out there's gonna be a lot of people that try to like manipulate it and right, of course put it in a different light but especially like on the internet because the internet is like anything goes it's like you can say whatever do whatever you want to do and it's like you know 
they don't get they don't even get fact checked half the time. Um, <laughs> no, you do not. But, <laughs> Although I think they're trying <laughs> to start doing that. They're they're attempting to start doing that. <laughs> oh my god! With like just how Twitter has been handling Trump and like just blocking his tweets and being like, sorry, but this tweet is in fact false. <laughs> like yeah, it's just yeah. Oh my god! Geez. Yeah, I, I, it's it's a it's a the thin line where they start blocking and shadow banning people and stuff like that you know it, it gets i don't know where i stand on it it's it's very it is a thin line though to like silence a group of people right. regardless right. i mean you know i, I don't know it's it's i get I mean, it I don't but i'm like, them, yeah, like blocking them like yeah yeah like um what's the thing they did recently with like the new york post to like just deactivated their account or blocked their account or something for being seen like something crazy like that which i don't know it's and i don't know the full story i just know that they did it but like still it's like that's crazy um and you just don't know where that slippery slope leads if it goes too far you just don't you just don't know you just don't know and that's where i'm like i don't i don't know where i stand on it but i'm gonna watch it specifically closely and i'll come up with an opinion on it for sure um but it's crazy um i think eventually we're just gonna have like internet task force like the internet police and there'll just be people that like keep keep the law going or some some shit like that i mean but, a simple solution is like free speech it, it 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 falls under the category of free speech which is protected by the first amendment so it's like i don't know i think things are supposed to just fly i don't know how there can be an internet police like who would monitor that like who you know yeah, I mean, I do, I love the idea of free speech, and that's how it should be, but the only thing that starts to make me question it is just seeing, like, just Trump, for example, you know, the person in, in the highest position of power within our country, just given this platform where he can say anything and everything, and, you know, a majority of the time, it's, it's not even the truth, or it's just shit-talking somebody or something, it's like, Something about that just doesn't feel like it should slide. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I get the fact checking part. They they can fact check them, mm-hmm. but I I just don't know how I feel personally about the blocking because it's like, are you gonna do that for yeah. everybody? Yeah. Where no, what's censorship the what, what's the line on the censorship? You know, like what what's the line? Like that's what that's what I want to know. Is it every again? Is it everybody, or is it just a certain group of people? Is it a specific yeah. tweet? Is it what is it? Is it a is it a illegitimate tweet, or is it every tweet? You know, like where what what's that line that like? All right, now we're gonna censor you. Oh, now we're not. Now we're not. Anyway, it's like I'm I'm lost. But I'm lost. Yeah, I don't think there can be any like straightforward like this is how it is. But right, and that's what I mean. Is like how it comes. It's like either. Like you either set a definitive like this is what we're like going after this, or we're just gonna let it all fly because it's freedom of speech. Like what? Yeah. And again, I also get the idea of what you're saying, like because it is a president, and you're like, we've never had a president do this before, so it's like, uh, sir, we kind of want you to act a certain way. I get that. Not disagreeing, but like, it's such a yeah. It puts us in such a pickle because it's like I get. I get both sides. It's like, why are you, why are you shouting and calling out random people on Twitter? You're the president. You run the country. And then on the second hand, it's mm-hmm. like, why are you 
not letting people talk and say what they want to say. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know. I mean, but like another good point to bring up about it is like the whole kind of cancel culture that we have going on right now. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of thing, I feel like should be taken a little bit more seriously because, you know, while we do have these people that are committing these, you know, these terrible things, uh, things that are, you know, just completely unacceptable. This whole cancel culture thing is legitimately, in a lot of cases, ruining these people's entire livelihoods, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of like outcasting them. And, and I just, I don't agree to the extent that it's been taken. So things like that, I think, could be seen as, you know, hate speech that doesn't necessarily, uh, shouldn't necessarily be allowed to happen uh but um it like you know what's crazy that you say that is like the cancel culture thing is like i've seen it where like they like completely like expose someone's like address in like information like just openly mm-hmm. and it's like okay i i get you're mad i, I get it i get what the what I, and sometimes i don't know the scenario but i'm like so we're allowed to just like put someone's in address online and tell people to that's where they live and you guys do what you want with it. And now, you know, the 3 million people that are outraged can just go to this house if they want to. Like that's kind of, that's a little wild to me. Like that, like I don't, I don't, yeah, am I, am I don't know if I, I'm probably going to get canceled for saying that, but that's a little like crazy <laughs> to me. Like, like uh, he can't say something, but I can put his address out there. For everyone, and and if you want to go to his house and and harass him and throw stuff at eggs at his house, like you can now. What mm-hmm. is happening? You know, mm-hmm. I'm a little like I don't like I'm a little like all right, it's a little too far. Like I get the whole like let's cancel him, do it. I guess he's an asshole. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna you're telling people where he lives now, like that's but when like, you're like he lives here. These are his parents' names. Yeah, exactly. This is his employer. This is his employer. Right, right. It's a little like, like to me that goes a little far. Now, on the flip side of that, I look at that and I go, you know, that karma's gonna come back and get that whoever did that eventually. Karma's coming. Like you're, you just can't. If someone's being nasty, again, you're you. Yeah, I, it's so much easier to just bite back and, and, and bark back. I get it. Mm-hmm. And that's the easier thing to do. But the bigger thing to do is to just be like, whatever. I don't want to, I'm just not going to associate with you and deal with you. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's and it. I totally it's done. Agree with and and I, I do agree. I truly believe that, that karma and, and energy of, if you're, if, you know, if you give bad energy, that bad energy is going to come back to you. It just happens. Like you're you're giving off yeah. bad energy. You're therefore attracting bad energy. It's going to come back to you at some point. I've just yeah. that I'm a firm believer in that, and I that's what I think of this when the cancel culture. I think I think it's a you know if you're canceling people, it's going to come back and get you. They're going to come back. They're going to it's going to come full circle. Someone's going to find something on you to cancel you at some point, and yeah. I you know that's the only thing I can think of is like. Let it run, run its course, basically. Yeah, and it's like, you know, my heart goes out to the victims that have been uh, affected by some people, but just from my perspective, uh, you know, to go out there out of your way to, in one hand, it makes a little bit of sense because 
sometimes these things do need to come to light so that people can yeah. can see situations for how they really are. But just me personally, like I like to live my life with you no. Know, I don't I don't like to have any bad relationships in my life. I don't like to leave you know. Yeah, no bad blood. <laughs> uh, yeah, no bad blood. I, I like to always leave a positive impression uh, wherever I go with anything. And I do, do want to make this clear before like people like go crazy. Like there are very much. There are justifiable things to cancel before. I'm not going to deny that. Oh, like yeah. there, there definitely are justifiable yeah. things to cancel before, but not everything. You know, yeah, not, not everything. everything. But there are for like I again like if there's the if rape allegations stuff like that. Like you know what, I can get on board with that. <laughs> like that's disgusting. Right, right. That's horrible. But there are other things where it's like. Really? That's what that's what I'm mad about? Like <laughs> I don't know. There, yeah, there, there are yeah. other things that come to mind where I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna sit back and watch this one because I'm not too sure how I end up not seeing what the big hoopla is. Um, but to each his own, you know, I'm not gonna Yeah, again, I mean, I don't that's why, and that's why I feelings. and that's why I sit back and most of the time because I'm like, I'm not even gonna get involved because I don't feel that way about it. But I'm not gonna justify yeah. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you you shouldn't feel that way about it. Yeah, you know, you can't really put yourself in their shoes like that. So it's, it's, it's tough to have like an outside opinion on it. But uh, I agree, I agree wholeheartedly. But yeah, well, dude, I'm gonna, I have a few quick questions. We'll fire off here uh, to end it. Um, I want to know who is who was your favorite artist to open up for so far. I mean, I'd probably have to say Trampa. Trampa. Um, because like it wasn't a huge show or anything this was in this was in paris back in like 2014 or 2015 super small club with a bunch of angry frenchmen <laughs> but uh it was it was just such a like such a like intimate and like cool experience um and he was like always one of my favorite artists so i, I would definitely say it, it was probably that night that's wild though. Fun. Playing out in Paris, dude. That's fucking lit. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'd love it, man. I want to go back. <laughs> After COVID season. Hit it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, do you have any pre show rituals that you might do? I always like to find out if anyone has any. Is it, you know, shotgun a beer, take a shot, wait, like get a little, a little going, you know, what is it? Like <laughs> <laughs> I think uh I definitely, I'll have a couple beers. I'll have a couple beers. Loosen me up. Get me ready to go. You know, I'll bring my boys out. Get pumped up with my boys. Um, and and really just, just get in that mindset. And honestly, like, when I walk up onto the stage, I feel like it's just this whole, like, different side to me that comes out. And it's kind of like uh, like its own sort of presence. So, like... Like I just get tapped in with that like haunted energy, mm-hmm. and make sure that I'm I'm bringing the most that I can and and giving like the most wild nice can to these fans that come out. Um, but yeah, it's all about the beer. It's all about the beer. <laughs> What's your beer? What's your go-to beer? Now I gotta ask. I, I like beer, so here we go. Man, dude, I are was you, like you, diehard about IPAs for a while. Are you more um, of a craft beer person or like a? Oh, I can just do a Bud Light. Like, <laughs> dude, at first I was like, you know, 
going out to breweries, buying these insane beers, dude, whatever. I'm that's all that's what it. I was going to <laughs> But now it's like, dude, like, I'm chill to go out, drink a couple, like, Lagunitas, a couple fucking Coors Lights, like, you know. I, I got I got an appreciation for uh, for every can of beer out there. All you right, know, all right. I love all cans of beer out there. I got into it with with the craft beer, and I haven't quite got away from craft beer yet. I haven't I love craft beer. Oh, I just <laughs> love it. I love hitting the breweries and just I could do that and just go to the breweries and just have one. We have a town near us that we go to a lot, and it, they've got like seven or eight breweries and then like two or three bars. So we'll like just kind mm-hmm. of brewery hop the night. And I yeah. love doing that. It's just it's just my favorite yeah. thing to do. But and you just have one at like each bar, each brewery. Try one at each brewery, and the next thing you know, you're like like the seventh yeah. one. You're like, I'm feeling good. <laughs> That's that right there, man. Yeah, I mean, craft beers. I mean, you. as of late, dude, White Claws. It's it's White Claws all day. But uh, is that but your favorite yeah, seltzer man. now? White Claw or High Noon? High Noon I mean, is my favorite by far. I think they got the best flavor. High noon, pretty fire, pretty, pretty fire. fire. I'm not gonna lie, I do really like this one that's like super low key. It's called Bon and Vive. Oh, okay. And right that they have got <laughs> the best flavors, bro. Bon they have got the best flavors. V. All right, I'm writing that down because I'm definitely going to check that out for sure. Yes, sir. You have to let me know how it goes. I definitely will, man. Man, hey, dude, we've done like an hour, ten minutes. Um, I appreciate you having you on. I had a blast. Um, hope. We yeah, could do this course. again, honestly, because this was fun. I, we we talked about so much. We still have so much we could talk about. But um, mm-hmm. thank you once again for coming on. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Uh, check out Hanta. Check out his music. New song, Body Bag, on, released on Subsidia Records. It's a fucking killer song. I, I dig it. And I'll make sure to put the link in the bio. Peace, everybody. Awesome. Thanks so much, Beth. It was great being on.